Let's grab a seat. Hey, look at us. We're not socially awkward, Phil. Come on. Man, it is good to be together. We are a, a church that's uh, meeting all over the city. Some of us are here in person, and some of us are meeting from our homes. Um, but we're one community, and it's so good to worship with you all today. Uh, if I've not met you, my name's Adam. I'm on the, the teaching team here at Mosaic, and I get to open scripture with you. Uh, we are in a, a summer teaching series called Prayers of Renewal, uh, where, where we are wanting to align or realign with God's presence and to experience new life. And um, the last several weeks, we've been looking at a prayer in Matthew 6 called the Lord's Prayer. We're going to continue to look at that today. Uh, but before we dive into that, I, I want to just um, maybe have an effort of bringing a little more clarity to that word renewal and what we mean when we say that. Uh, because one of the things we, we don't mean is um, being in God's presence or not in his presence. Renewal isn't the, the work or the, the desire to be back in God's presence, right? We, we can't not be in God's presence. Uh, David, who wrote much of the Psalms in a, a very famous Psalm in Psalm 139, he, he kind of reflects on this. He's like, God, there's nowhere I can go from your presence. Even if I wanted to, I, I can't get away from your presence. If I, if I ascend to the heights, the heavens, yeah, you're, you're there. If I go down to the valleys, if I find myself in a place of even despair or death, God, you are there. there there's nowhere I can go from your presence. So renewal is not about getting back in God's presence. It's aligning and becoming attuned to God's presence, right? The fact that, that he's working all around us and in us, and we want to be aware of that because when we are, we experience new life and sustained life. Someone um, gave me this analogy, and this was years and years ago, of, of understanding God's presence and, and being attuned to God's presence, and they gave me the analogy of, of a radio and radio waves, Right? Wait, radio waves are, are all over the place. They're, they're in this room. They're, they're passing around. Sometimes they make our microphones do funny things. Uh, but, but radio waves are all over. And if you have a radio and you're in a radio wave, it, it doesn't mean that you automatically are attuned to what information that radio wave is bringing. But, but when you dial in to that frequency, suddenly the information that that wave is carrying is transmitted. We want to be attuned to God's presence to know that he's at work in my life, in your life, and in this city around us. And we want to be aware of that and be attuned to have this new life that God has for us. That's our prayer for renewal. And so we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6, and um, I'll recite how I've memorized it, which is probably a combination of a bunch of different translations, but, but it goes something like this. Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This powerful, albeit short, prayer of renewal that Jesus prays. And today we're going to look at verse 11, the, the simple phrase that he prays, Give us today our daily bread a renewal prayer for God's provision in our lives. Give us today our daily bread. 
So this phrase, daily bread, expressing God's provision, what, what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? And, and that, we're going to look at Scripture and see that there's, there's a few different things that that is pointing at. And one of them would be our, our very practical needs. Right? Give us today our daily bread. That, that God gives us the things that sustain us in life. It, it's very practical, right? Bread represents food, represents things that we need to survive. And uh, certainly the, 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 the audience, the people who are hearing this, uh, would have been familiar with Israel's history. And this, this probably would have conjured a memory for them of a time where, where God provided daily bread. Uh, we read about this in Exodus 16. Um, when God's people had been taken out of captivity and they're following God's presence and they're in a desert wilderness and there's thousands upon thousands of them and they're in an environment that cannot sustain their physical bodies. There's, there's not enough food. Um, and, and so they ask God, God, we, we need to eat. We need your provision. And he provides a very literal daily bread called manna. The word manna means what's this? I guess they looked at it and said, what's this? And they kept calling it, what's this? And it would show up six days out of the week, literally bread from heaven. And, and it represents a God who is meeting the practical, physical needs of his people. So when Jesus prays this prayer, God, give us today our daily bread, it, it, it is pointing at that, but it's also pointing at the needs we have that go beyond hunger, that go beyond our physical bodies to our hearts. I'm going to read these words. Um, you can follow along in John 6 or you can follow along on the screen. But Jesus says this, starting in verse 32. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who is, who, and it's referencing the manna from heaven. It is my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the whole world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. No one, or I am the bread of life. Who comes to me will never go hungry, and who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is the bread from heaven. And he says, those that come to me, those who believe in me will never hunger, will never thirst, not a physical hunger or thirst life, a heart being made alive in him. So when we read this prayer that Jesus prays of give us today our daily bread, we see that God is both the one who provides. He is the provider. He is the giver. And he is also the provision. He is also the gift. He is the bread from heaven. And so this is the, the, the prayer that we want to pray of renewal, God, give us today our daily bread. And, and I imagine for some of this, this is part of our prayer life. This is something that we participate in maybe daily or, or maybe weekly. Um, for others of us, we, we might not know how quite to approach that, what expectations to have, what does it mean to ask God for provision. And, and, and some of us might not pray that prayer at all. And so I, I want to invite us as we're praying prayers of renewal to be praying, God, Give us today our daily bread. Be our provider. And we start that prayer actually with gratitude, with an awareness that God is already at work providing, and he has provided. James 1.5 says this, Every good and perfect gift 
is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift in our lives has already been provided to us by God. And so we begin with gratitude. I mean, I love the, the call and response that, that Phil led us through, and we acknowledge that we are grateful not only for what God is doing and, and what we are believing in faith for him to do, but, but also for what he's already done, that he brings rich goodness and provision into our lives. I was thinking about this um, a couple of weeks ago. I took the family on a, a camping trip up near St. Helens, and if I've never have been there, and it's just stunning and beautiful. And we ended up going to a place called Cold Lake. Um, if you've ever heard of it, it's, it's kind of a remote mountain lake. I didn't get in the water. I took the, the title of the lake very serious. And <laughs> my kids got in the water, and I didn't want to. But, but as we were looking around, I was just kind of like in awe and struck by the beauty that God has created all around us for us to enjoy for us to take in and to see. And, and as I thought about that, I thought about all of the richness that God has brought into my life. We begin with gratitude. And we serve a generous, gracious God who loves to give us good gifts. And so our first posture is that of, of gratitude. The second thing that we step into when we're gonna pray this prayer of provision God give us this day, our daily bread, is this real complicated task of doing this asking. We, we, we ask. Man, sometimes I think that, that we can get stuck in ruts of, of trying to be too formulaic to say that, that well, if, if I claim something and I really want it and I say it the right way and I, I, I have the right feels, then, then God is, is going to do it. He's bound to do it. Or, or, or we kind of get stuck in the other rut to say, well, well, God knows everything. He already knows my needs. Why would he want to hear from me? Why does he, why does he want to hear me express these things? And, and yet Jesus teaches us over and over again to come to the Father and ask. In fact, further further on in Matthew and the same sermon that Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer in, in chapter 7 verse 7 he says this he gives us this great picture this great analogy ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door is open which of you if your son asked for bread would give him a stone or if you asked for a fish you would give him a snake if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good give, good, give good gifts to those who ask him? He gives us a picture of a, of, a, of a father and a son, and the son is asking for different gifts. And he says that, that even earthly fathers like myself, who are broken, who are flawed, even we know how to give good gifts. How much more will our heavenly Father? I do this, this thing with, um, with my children where I like to, to kind of have a day one-on-one -on -one with them. I try to do it once a month. It doesn't always happen. I call it a date with dad. And um, they, they love it because they know it means I'm going to take them to their favorite restaurant. And most likely, I'm going to buy them something. And I'm going to be a big old sucker all day and just do what they want. And uh, last month, it was Lillian, our seven-year-old's turn, to have a date with dad. And it, it was just the best day. I, I don't know why. Sometimes we go and, and we're distracted, and, and 
today was just the best day. We just connected so well. We laughed together. She told me stories, and, and I told her I would take her anywhere she wanted to go for lunch, which is always McDonald's, and this day it wasn't. It was pizza. It was just such a sweet day. And all day, I'm sorry if you love McDonald's. I realize that might have been a little judgmental. It's great. <laughs> On this day, we, um, I'd been telling her all day, I'm going to buy you, I'm going to buy you something, something small, a little toy, a little gift. And, and we'd gone to different stores and, and she's just like taking this experience to the max. Everywhere we go, she's looking at stuff and undecisive and, and she just is not, you know, getting some kind of little gift. And so when we're out at lunch, we're, we're just connecting and having this sweet moment. And I just say, Lillian, I told you I was going to buy you a gift today. What do you want? And the words that came out of her mouth shocked me. She said, Dad, I want a hermit crab. I was not prepared for that. A living thing. Dad, I want a hermit crab. Do you know what's in my house right now? I saw him this morning, Mr. Krabs. A hermit crab. And do you know why he's there? There's one reason why Mr. Krabs is in an uh, aquarium in my kitchen this morning. It's because she asked. That's it. She asked. Our Father loves to give good gifts, and we're invited. Jesus teaches us to ask. Now, do I buy everything my child asks me for? Of course not. It wouldn't be healthy for her. It wouldn't be good for her. It wouldn't be good for my bank account. But we're invited to ask. Paul Miller wrote a book called The Praying Life, and uh, in this book, he says this. All of Jesus' teaching on prayer and the Gospels can be summarized in one word, ask. His greatest concern is that our failure or reluctance to ask keeps us distant from God. But that is not the only reason he tells us to ask. God wants to give, good, give us good gifts. He loves to give. When we're going to pray this prayer of renewal of God's provision, we don't overcomplicate it. We just come before God and we ask. That's what we're invited to do. James 1.5 even instructs us, hey, if you need wisdom, that's something that we're pretty desperate for in this season, right? If you need wisdom, just ask. God gives graciously. So we ask, and then we pray prayers. We ask with both expectation and humility. Expectation and humility. I want to look at, at uh, two, two prayers that Jesus prays, two stories. Um, the first, we, we, we can read it later. It's in Matthew 14. Um, it's the story of, of Jesus, and, and he is out teaching on the countryside, and there's thousands of people there because he teaches powerfully, and he teaches uh, about everlasting life, and people have come to hear him teach, and, and his disciples recognize that these people are getting hungry and that there's nothing to feed them. And he they, they begin to tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, stop teaching. Send them away because they're getting hungry. And Jesus says, no, 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 you feed them. Bring to me what we have. And they, they had five loaves of bread and, and two fish. And Jesus begins to sit the people down. And he blesses the food. And this amazing miracle happens where this multitude of people are fed and food is left over. That's expectation. I mean, I, I read that over and over in the New Testament and in and, and, and prayers that Jesus prayed and prayers that his followers prayed. They expected God to do something. I mean, why pray for renewal? Why pray to God in general if we don't actually think he's going to respond? My desire this summer is to be renewal. We, we sang a song that, uh, uh, just a, f a few minutes ago that our God is the God of revival. 
man, I, this has been a long and somewhat difficult last 15, 16 months. I'm believing and praying prayers of expectation for God to renew my life and to renew your life. And so we're invited to come before God and to ask, but to ask with expectation and also humility. Another prayer that Jesus prays near the end of his physical life, and he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he prays this in Matthew 26. He says, Father, he's travailing. He, he is in agony in his physical body because he is about to face torture, the cross, and death. And he, he, he prays his prayer, Father, if this can be passed, if there's any other way, yet not my will, but your will be done. Praying both with expectation that God will move, that God is at work, and yet with humility, that God is telling a larger story than any one moment we're experiencing. Praying both with expectation and humility. Again, Paul Miller says in, in the book I referenced, Jesus is real about his feelings, but they don't control him, nor does he try to control God with him. He doesn't use his ability to communicate with his father as a means of doing his own will. He submits to the story that his father is weaving in his life. Praying with expectation and yet humility that God is God. He is in control. He can be trusted. He is good. So when we pray for daily bread, we come as a child and just simply ask, bringing expectation and humility. And we pray keeping the end in mind. We pray realizing that, that our existence is bigger than just any one moment. I don't know about you. I don't like pain. I don't even like discomfort. I don't like to have it in my own experience. I don't like it for people around me. I'm just not that into pain and discomfort. Uh, discomfort. And I say that recognizing that, that in the span of human history, my life, my existence is relatively comfortable. Yet there are times in the moment of pain, in the moment of discomfort, my vision for prayer, my vision of my relationship with God as my provider can become so myopic and short-sighted. And I forget that God's promises that we read about in Revelation 21 is to make all things new. That there are prayers I am praying now that might not be realized until this earth passes away and I get to be fully present with my Father. And it says in Revelation 21 that he wipes away every tear, that there's no more mourning, that he is with his people. Maintaining that sense of relationship with God as I see him in my provider. This is the renewal that I seek with this prayer of God's provision of give us today our daily bread. So here in a, a few moments, the, the band's going to lead us in some more worship, and, and I want to lead us to do two things. The first is to sit with this question today and the week to come. What are you asking God for? What are you asking him expectingly, with humility, knowing that he's your provider? What are you asking him for? Second thing I want to lead us to is to acknowledge Jesus and to worship him and remember him as our daily bread by taking communion. Let me pray for us 
and then we're going to sing and take communion together. Father, I know, I believe, and I've experienced that you are the giver of good gifts. But the greatest is your son. We have these elements that represent a body broken and blood spilled to give us the provision for something that we could not provide for ourselves. That's your gospel story. That's a story that, that, that we've heard from you and that we tell this world, that there is only life found in your son. And so today we take these elements, remembering that and proclaiming that you are our portion, you are our provision. And we love you in your name. Amen. Let's take communion together.